Welcome back, everyone, to North of Shy, the Baird and Warner North Shore podcast. I am one of your three hosts of the day, Eric Schwinger, managing broker of Baird and Warner in Winneka. I'm sitting here with Ian Robinson. Hi, everybody. And Dina Listener. Hello, everybody. And today we're going to talk a little bit about working through a shifting market. So might kind of seem like a crazy conversation to have at this time when the market is so active, but we have seen some signs that uh, we're coming down off of the high of the last, oh, what is it, about 18 months or so of just frenzied buyer activity and a severe shortage of inventory. So right now, as we sit here recording this episode in mid-October of 2021, um, the data is starting to suggest that uh, the market is cooling ever so slightly. We're still at an incredibly high level of activity and uh, uh, we're humming along, but um, we are starting to see a little bit of those indicators that say that, you know, we might be in for a little bit of a change here, right? Um, and where that really comes into play, I think, in, in, in the most important piece is setting expectations for our clients. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of those things today. So, Ian, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been seeing here kind of in the Glenbrook, Glenview markets? Well, first thing is to note that it, it is still a really good time to be a home seller. You know, it, we're, we're not in a buyer's market territory. However, the conversations that we as brokers need to have with our sellers are very similar to what we need to when it transitions from a seller's market to buyer's market because we had this crazy, white, hot, insane seller's market that was really unprecedented. And the, the trajectory of price appreciation during that time was just sharper than we've seen. So the sellers are often having this really ridiculous high expectation of price. They've kind of missed that window now. However, this is the second best time for them to sell and they can still get an amazing price and they're still much better off than they were a year ago. Uh, they're just not going to get that extreme high price. And to, to the sellers, we have to have that same kind of conversations if we were shifting from a normal seller's market to a buyer. It's just white hot seller's market to kind of a lukewarm seller's market now where maybe instead of a house getting 10 offers, it's getting a couple offers. Um, so that's the first thing. It's still a really good time to sell. And we need to point out to these sellers, this is your second best time. But if they've been on the market for a while and are not selling, they are clearly too high because the market is really good for them. And that price needs to get addressed and or condition in order to be able to sell. And the same thing holds true when you're putting a new listing on someone that's going, oh, well, you know, in May, my neighbor got this and my house is similar. So I want 50,000 more than they got. That's just not happening anymore in, the, in this market. So we really need to kind of temper those expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good point. And it, it harkens back to an episode we did earlier with uh, three of the top agents out of our Evanston office <clears throat> who, uh, who we're talking about setting seller expectations. So in this particular type of market, it's really important to uh, know some strategies about how to do that and uh, and to make sure that we're setting everyone's expectations appropriately. So um, Dina, what are you seeing up in uh, your market in Highland Park? Well, we're seeing a, a similar market to what you uh, were talking about earlier. There is definitely a, a more limited inventory, although it isn't, um, as desperate as it was in this spring. Uh, I wanna mention on the buyer side of things, um, buyers who have been out there for the past six or eight months putting in offers on multiple properties and have been losing properties, those people are starting to scale back a little bit. They're starting to pull back. 
they're not as desperate for a home. Uh, maybe they've made some other plans. They've decided to stay where they're at and wait for the spring market. So that is definitely affecting uh, the, mar the current market because there aren't the same number of buyers out there as there were earlier this year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm hearing the same stuff in my office too in Winneka about how uh, agents have been working with a buyer for six, eight, 10 months. They haven't had any success with writing offers and you know they've been getting beat out in multiple offer situations or they just don't have the time to get in to see a house before it goes under contract. So now they're trying to reevaluate their plans. Maybe they're signing another lease for another year or they're deciding to stay put until, like you said, Dina, the spring market or something. Um, so there's, I think, a lot of factors going into this slight cool down that we're experiencing here. Um, what are some of the other things we've been seeing in the market, guys? Well, I think what we need to start thinking long term in the market, too, and, you know, really preparing for a market correction because we were overdue for a market correction before COVID hit. And, you know, COVID gave a real artificial bump that kind of uh, put us on a different trajectory for a while. But a lot of the economic factors that are in place and the fact that we've had appreciation overall in the Chicago metro since 2012 solid, we've had appreciation every year. Now, granted, it's not as much appreciation as a lot of the country, but we were due for a market correction. And the data and what we were seeing heading into 2020 looked like we were really going to be experiencing the market correction at that point. And I think COVID delayed that. It didn't eliminate some of those market factors like jobs leaving the area, um, high taxes, both property taxes and income taxes in the state. Those are all things that impacted, you know, everything. And uh, we do have some long term things that, that are positive. Um, and I know, Eric, you've been doing a lot of research into that recently. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, sure. So demographically speaking, there's a couple interesting things going on right now. Um, the census data from 2020 was just released a, a couple of months back, and I took a little bit of a dive into that. And what I found was in Illinois, uh, in general, like net net as an entire state, uh, yeah, the, Illinois has lost uh, some population. A lot of the counties in the middle of the state and southern end of the state are losing population as people move to states with lower taxes and maybe better weather. Uh, but here in Cook County and the Chicago metro area and all what we call the collar counties around Cook County, those counties have actually gained population surprisingly. So whereas, you know, over the last 10 years or so, we've seen a lot of headlines about Chicago or Illinois in general losing population. While it is true, some people are moving out of the state. Um, it doesn't exactly hold true for Chicago and the Chicago metro area. The other interesting demographic piece to think about is the millennial generation, right? The millennials are now the largest generation in America. So the baby boomers were the biggest generation for a long time. There's about 70 million of those folks out there. And there's about 72 million millennials out there. So the millennials are basically the kids of the baby boomers, right? And uh, that's a huge demographic kind of lump that's working its way through, uh, you know, our society and our in our neighborhoods and our places uh you know, our our, uh, our cities and our towns. So with that big of a population bump moving through, and remember, millennials now are between the ages of about 25 and 40. So what do you do between the ages of 25 and 40, right? You buy your first house, then maybe you get married, and then maybe you have kids, and then you need a bigger house. So you sell your first house and you buy your second house, maybe out in the suburbs with more, more yard and, you know, whatever the case may be. So this is a huge group of people that are going to be actively buying and selling houses in the foreseeable future. So I think 
the demand is going to remain pretty strong. But I think it's important to note some of the things you noted, um, Ian, in that, um, you know, I think there might be some unrealistic expectations on the part of the sellers thinking that, you know, what they've seen over the last 12 to 18 months is going to hold true for them and that they can ask some astronomical price um, for their property when, in fact, um, some of that buyer activity has really slowed. And to add on to that, um, as as Eric was discussing, the area, the area around Chicago, the suburbs around Chicago, um, new construction inventory is very limited in those areas. So the inventory pretty much is what it is. And there aren't, there isn't more land. There isn't, I mean, with obviously there's some exceptions, but for the most part, there aren't large chunks of land for people to be building new houses. So the inventory the, the number of houses that are out there remain pretty static. So if this large group does come in and they are looking for homes, that would lead me to think that this could stay strong for a while. Yeah, that's a really great point, right? In some places of the country, and even in, maybe in some places in Illinois, outside of our metro area here in the Chicagoland region, there's more space, right? So mm -hmm. they're building more houses, so that can alleviate some of the demand and the pressure that's put on the housing supply by rising demand from this large demographic group of millennials. But here in Chicagoland, there isn't, and there are not a lot of empty spaces where you can build a, a uh, you know, development of you know, a couple hundred or a thousand houses. Uh, so you're right, the housing market is, is, the housing inventory at least is relatively static. So what is gonna happen when this, you know, group of millennials starts to move out of the city and move into the suburbs? Um, it's, you know, we don't know, but uh, I think we're probably going to find out over the next several years. Yeah, the long-term, you know, pr prospect prospects for our industry in Chicago is really good. Um, I do think that we all need to follow closely what's going on with with climate change too, because there's a lot of things going on. There's a, there's the droughts, the wildfires. Um, you know, people that live on coasts, you know, having issues with with the oceans, you know, encroaching on their properties and stuff. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see as more of that happens, you know, what happens for our local real estate market, because we, we are next to a huge source of fresh water. Um, we are a great metro, metro area, you know, a lot of great cultural things and stuff here. There's a lot going for Chicago. And I think that there could eventually be an exodus of people from some of the places that have been, you know, whether it's vacation home destinations or retirement destinations or, uh, just places people would rather live on the coasts to an area like Chicago that that has the water that they can take a shower without having to put a timer on and stuff like that. <laughs> and that I think we really could see that. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're exactly right on that in terms of in terms of the long term prospects. Um, let's talk about near term future. What do you guys see? What are you projecting for? You know, 2022. As we sit here in mid October, we're getting towards the tail end of 2021. What do you guys think we're going to see in 2022? Well, I think, you know, interest rates will probably be a little higher from the way that things are looking, but they're still going to be at just historic lows. It, it's it's amazing how low the rates have been and, and will continue to be for a little bit, even if they go up some. Um, so I think we're going to see that. I also think that we are going to have a, a little bit of a market correction. It's not going to be a bubble burst, in my opinion, not, not anywhere near that severe. But we are we are overdue for that correction, and I think the buyers' tastes have kind of soured on the really high prices. 
Um, so we're going to have a little bit of a market correction, and, and that's fine because that's natural. We can't go up forever. Um, and I believe that we're already seeing the beginning edges of that as the prices are moderating a little bit. The number of offers are coming down. We're, we're at the very beginning of that. So if you happen to take a look at the Case-Shiller data chart and you look at what happened in the middle of 2007 and you saw how it just started to come down, um, I think that's kind of at the point that we're at now. It's not going to go down anywhere near that far. But I think we are going to see prices moderate. I think next spring there will be a little bump again in prices. And then we'll see kind of the correction take more effect after that. And typically with a correction, however long that correction takes to go down, it takes two to three times as long to get back to the point where you were before the correction. So I would expect that this is going to be somewhere between a three and maybe a six or seven year cycle. All right. So Ian says... Good news in 2022, or yeah, 2022, but not necessarily great news. So what we've seen over the last 12 months to 18 months has been great. It's been incredible uh, for home sellers, maybe not so much for home buyers, um, but Ian expects, it sounds like you expect the, the market to continue to be strong, but actually correct a little bit because Yes, absolutely, because it has to. We it can't. We to. can't. We, 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 we've had appreciation since 2008. That's just not sustainable long term. Um, and the good news for us is a lot of the country, they were going up double digits when we were still going up single digits over that eight year time span. And if we would have been going up double digits, we might be in, in you know, in a bubble type situation. I don't think we're going to see that. I just think we're going to see some moderate correction in the pricing. And that doesn't mean it's a bad thing for anybody, you know, and the reality is the market we've had last 18 months, we tend to think of when it's an appreciating market, it's a great market. No, it's a great market for a seller. It's a lousy market for the buyers. It's not fun to be a buyer, right? And actually for anybody that's going to move up, that's going to buy a more expensive house, when the, when the market corrects a little bit, that's the perfect time to sell your existing house and buy a more expensive house. So it's always good for somebody. Mm -hmm. So don't think that, you know, the depreciating is is a down market. It's a bad market. It's just a depreciating market. Prices go up, prices go down. Absolutely. What do you think, Dina? I just would, a couple thoughts to add on to that as well is the limited shadow inventory that will be coming in the spring. It's not expected to be as, um, there aren't as many foreclosures that should be happening. Um, short sales, people have a little bit more equity in their house this time around. So that should help with the with keeping the market relatively stable. And hopefully with that little bit of price correction will ultimately bring out more buyers again. And so I, I think that 2022, I don't know that I see uh, as much of a correction in 2022, but I think there'll be a limited, maybe you said that, but a limited correction in 2022. I think that the market will still remain pretty strong into next year because the buyers are all the buyers that didn't get in this year are still going to be out there for next year. And the sellers not knowing where they're going to move or what they could potentially buy, it might keep them from selling in the spring. Yeah, absolutely. I think inventory is going to be the one thing that kind of holds the market back uh, next year. And a lot of that, you know, is is still TBD, right? We don't know how many folks are going to actually be willing and able to list their house in the spring. I think COVID kept a lot of people off the market because they didn't want people coming through their house. Uh, so hopefully what that means is once, you know, this thing gets a little bit more under control, 
we can have some of that inventory coming on the market and alleviate some of this pressure, which will have a, a sort of a stabilizing effect on the market that we're experiencing right now. And um, I think you guys are, are absolutely right in terms of 2022 being a really active market, but uh, maybe some regulation in terms of pricing. What else? Do you, do you guys have anything else you want to add to this discussion? Yeah, I, I think this was a great discussion. I hope the agents get a lot out of it. And if you haven't uh, listened to our other episodes, go back and listen to them. There's some great stuff there, especially some of our interview episodes. Absolutely. Dina? I'm just thankful to have been able to have this discussion today. And uh, it's always good to hear different points of view on different areas. So thank you guys for your information today. Great. Well, thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next time.